Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The gigantic government sucks. Pursuit of happiness radio is deluxe. Liberty and freedom will make you smile The pursuit of happiness on your radio dial Just a cheeseburgers and liberty fries It's pursuit of happiness time Greetings, we're back. Thanks so much for tuning in. I know it's all Super Bowl in the news today, but it doesn't have to be. You, you know, it's a game, it happened, it's over. We got problems of our own to deal with here, guys. Right now, the Houston Chronicle is trying to cancel a new Chinese restaurant. I know what you're thinking. What? How, how could the Chronicle do that? Chinese people, they deserve to eat and certainly deserve to own a restaurant, right? Okay. I bet I, I'm going to guess you probably just figured out why this restaurant's getting canceled based on a little clue I just gave you. According to the Chronicle, this restaurant needs to go away because it's opened by a, it's owned by a white guy. And they say the name of the restaurant is racist. Now, I know what you're thinking. What could the name of the restaurant possibly, what's it called? What, what offensive title did they come up with? The restaurant is called Benny Chow's. Benny Chow's. Because I, is the guy's name Benny and he likes to eat? Is that it? The biggest purveyors of cancel culture in Houston are the local media that are pushing ridiculous stories like this. Here's what the Houston Chronicle says. Quote, in the spring of 2021, Houstonian Isabel Protomartyr, is that the guy's name, co-founded Have a Nice Day. It's an organization that promotes and supports Asian American and Pacific Islander chefs and their food in the wake of rising anti-Asian sentiment and violence across the country, end quote. Okay. I vividly remember 2021 and the rash of violent attacks against Asian people. It seems to me there was very one very specific group of people that was perpetuating these attacks, and you were never allowed to explain what group of people that was. There was video after video displaying Asian people getting violently attacked, mostly in New York City or out on the West Coast, and in the video it was always the same kind of person doing the attack. And I'm not supposed to tell you what kind of person was attacking them because we have to blame this problem on white supremacy and, of course, Donald Trump, obviously. Now, almost two years later, this person that started the organization Have a Nice Day was very surprised, according to the Houston Chronicle, to learn that a guy named Benjamin Berg, a white guy, is opening a Chinese restaurant called Benny Chow's. Shame on you, Benjamin Berg. That's disgusting. Okay, I added that. That wasn't actually in the article. But here's the person getting offended. When I saw these headlines, it just felt like a step backwards. End quote. 
The restaurant in question is the latest concept of Berg Hospitality, which operates popular Houston restaurants like uh, B&B Butchers or Annie Cafe and Bar or BB Lemon or Turner's or Trattoria Sofia. On January 26th, the restaurant group announced a spring 2023 opening for Benny Chow's on Washington Avenue, which mentions uh, they have elevated Cantonese eats and clever dim sum. Now, for those that are not understanding, Benny is the nickname of the owner. And Chow's is obviously not his last name, right? He's because he likes to eat. That's his name is Benny and he likes to go eat food. And that's the part of this that's really offensive to people. But they say in the article, they say Benny is his nickname, but they're making fun of Asian words. Kind of. That's a stretch. In the article, they explain they're making fun of people of Asian descent, such as uh, being made fun of for their food. Nick Wong, the head chef of some other restaurant that won't get any free advertising uh, until it closed last year. Oh, okay, it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, points to other instances in the food world where an Asian name makes sense for a concept, like P.F. Chang's, where the owner's name is Philip Chiang, and Mr. Chow, a restaurant chain founded by Michael Chow. But picking a random Chinese-sounding name to be kind of kitschy feels problematic, according to the Houston Chronicle. These people are so ridiculous. If what they've done is so offensive, then go open a restaurant right next door and put them out of business. Oh, you're not going to? That's the last thing they want to do. Actually do some work? No, they just want to complain about it. And I don't mean all Asian people. I, guys, I found out about this news story from a friend of mine who is Asian that thinks it's ridiculous. Now, whatever you want to think about this problem, just know the restaurant industry right now has bigger problems than all of us pretending that this is a racist name for a restaurant. You don't like it, don't eat there. But a little more concerning to me for our service industry right now is how the IRS is coming after workers' tip jars. And, oh, no, that's absolutely correct. The coming crackdown on $1.6 billion in unreported tips will continue the IRS's long and ugly history of targeting low-income Americans. Eric Bohm recently wrote about it at Reason.com, and he pointed out that when Joe Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act, the White House bragged there's going to be $80 billion in new funding for the IRS and that it's mostly going to come from rich people. It's not. It now appears that a lot of those resources will quite predictably be aimed at individuals earning considerably less than Elon Musk. Just last week, the Treasury Department and the IRS announced plans to overhaul existing programs that track tips earned by service sector workers. The new Service Industry Tip Compliance Agreement, SITCA, will take advantage of advancements in point-of-scale time and attendance systems. Point-of-sale, excuse me. Point-of-sale is the POS system that figures out how much money you spent at a restaurant. Workers who earn more than $20 in monthly tips are already required to report their tips to employers. This is just a way to get the IRS to go after them. A lot of that money never finds its way into the government's hands, according to the IRS, and they want them a slice. Y'all better be paying us. The IRS is going to use at least some of their new resources to go after the service industry. What percentage of service industry workers would you bet, if you had to guess, just hypothetically, 
or rhetorically or whatever, what percentage of them do you think voted for Joe Biden? I don't know what, what the exact number is. I'm guessing it's more than half. Do you think this is what they voted for? Do you think they voted for the IRS to come after them to get their, what, $30,000 a year income from taxes for, uh, for tips? I'm guessing probably not. Well, you get what you vote for, kids. Late last night, after a few beers, we discover the art of deceiving politicians. Just tell them the truth, and they'll never believe you. Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. Well, people are still rioting in Philadelphia because they won the game last night. No, I'm sorry, they lost the game last night. Well, anyway, they're rioting. They riot in Philadelphia. But here in the state of Texas, we have problems of our own. We, we don't riot when we have a corrupt local elected official. Maybe some argue that we should. I, I say don't riot. Even if your conservative Christian lawmaker, local elected official is purportedly cheating on his wife and getting drunk and drunk driving and, and, and sending dirty texts to women and you think, hey, that's not what I voted for. No, you're right. Absolutely not. But, well, at the very least, we could call these people out. I don't know. We don't know if this guy's cheating on his wife. We just know he's an acting very peculiar. State Senator Charles Jeffrey Schwertner, age 52, has been accused of doing some pretty unsavory things. Uh, he's been accused of sending pictures of his junk to college girls. He's been accused of driving drunk. And my good buddy Tony Ortiz at CurrentRevolt.com has been following the story pretty closely. Tony, what do you think about this? When there's an elected official marketing himself as a Christian conservative and you're surrounded by mountains of evidence suggesting that that's not what he is. Uh, I call it par for the course, unfortunately. That's kind of the case in um, Texas politics lately with our Republicans is, you know, they, they say one thing and they market one thing and they campaign on one thing. And then they're unfortunately their private lives are there or their lives that end up becoming public um, are totally opposite of what they uh, um, what they say they are. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Tell us you've done some research. You've done some digging around. Charles Schwartner was apparently was he dr when when he was accused of driving drunk he wasn't alone. Yeah, so you know people are saying basically that you know well obviously Schwartner was arrested for uh, DWI right. Um, rumors are swirling around now that he wasn't alone the night of or he was coming from a uh, a uh, his, his alleged alleged uh, mistress house. So I'm told that he is maybe having uh, allegedly an affair with a, uh, a Democrat state rep, uh, Claudia Ordaz, um, and she, uh, she was with him the night of his DWI. Either he was coming from her house in or her, or, or where she was staying there in Austin, or she was maybe even with him in the car. Um, what's more likely is that he was just coming from her house. But, you know, I spoke to um, several staffers and, and interns and, and people at the Capitol in Austin, and they said this is the worst kept secret, the fact that there's an affair, right? She, she recently um, is undergoing a divorce, um, and she, she was formerly Claudia Ordaz Perez. Now she's just Claudia Ordaz. So she's undergoing divorce, and I'm, I'm told from several people that her husband basically found out about her affair. And then I'm also told that, um, you know, uh, Schwerner, uh, the, 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 the senator here, is also facing divorce, um, and that's huge if true. His, his wife, I'm told, has is, is going to be filing or filed, and she just recently um, is trying to become a lawyer. So he's, um, he's kind of a mess. 
he's kind of a mess. You know, okay, and I, I just want to make it clear here. Uh, Tony and I are saying alleged. We don't want to get su- these people are all lawyers. We don't we don't want to get sued by them or anything. But but this is you know people talk people talk in Austin, Texas, just like they do everywhere else. For those of our listeners in South Louisiana, we have many listeners over there. For months, we heard news stories about how the mayor of New Orleans was going late at night to some city owned department and meeting with her bodyguard and reportedly having sex. And then all of a sudden, he he gets divorced from his wife. And in the divorce proceedings, she refers to her, her ex-husband, uh, now separated husband's mistress, as being named L.C. That's LaToya. And you know, I was like, well, L.C., that's the initials of the mayor of New Orleans. And these things happen, right? Like it's an open secret. Everybody knows about it, but they all want to keep it, a, uh, try to uh, p- put it underneath the rug, make sure nobody knows. It doesn't shock me that an elected official did this. It's just the balls on this guy. The thing with him sending the text messages, that reportedly happened four or five years ago, right? Sending a bunch of dirty texts to college girls. And then this thing now where he's supposedly driving drunk with a Democrat, some other lawmaker late at night, gets caught, gets a DWI. It just goes to show you these people never learn if this is true. Yeah, it's definitely a pattern of behavior. What's what's interesting is I don't actually think he's going to get in trouble for the DWI. He definitely got the, uh, from what I'm being told, allegedly got a... uh, a little bit of a privileged uh, treatment in the sense that I don't I don't think they did a uh, field sobriety test, and they definitely didn't pull uh, any blood, so there's no there's no testing of his blood for him being over the, the legal limit. So um, from what I'm told, there was there was really no other than you know him being pulled over. There's really no evidence of him actually being drunk. Um, so I, the the chances of him actually facing any kind of um, Trouble for this DWI are are looking to be pretty pretty nil. Um, and I don't know if that's normally the case. You know, I'm not somebody that's I've never been arrested for DWI, and I'm not really surrounded by people that have been arrested for DWIs. But I don't know if that's a, a normal thing for you know getting pulled over, not having to do field sobriety tests, and then also at the same time um, you're able to not have your your blood pulled. And I don't I don't even know if they pulled his license or anything. So, you know, he he may have gotten the privileged center to treat me here. Yeah. Lawyers are very good at crafting this stuff. I'm not going to say who, but there's a very high profile attorney of Houston who got a DUI years ago and they just threw it away. And I remember thinking, damn, I wish I knew what he knew. I've never had a DUI either, but it's very expensive is my understanding. It's much cheaper to get an Uber. Um, But, you know, you always wonder, how do these people get around the law? What secrets do they know? Hey, speaking of the law, uh, let's talk about Lynn Stuckey. Representative Lynn Stuckey filed House Bill 1938. Now, everybody knows this controversy with showing sexually provocative content to prepubescent kids is a pretty common problem all over the country right now. They call it the don't say gay bill in Florida, even though it had nothing to do with teachers telling kids they were gay. They had to lie about what it was to make the bill unpopular. Here in Texas, Representative Lynn Stuckey claims he is proposing a bill that would do something similar. But after reading the bill, you claim that's not what it is. Yeah, so, you know, we've got, again, HB uh, 1938, uh, so-called the Sexual Grooming Protection Act, and it, it almost reads kind of like a, dro- a joke, really. Uh, but essentially, um, the bill, it, it hopes to prevent grooming happening in schools, and what it does is it empowers, quote-unquote, empowers parents to uh, basically pull their kids out of the school 
the money follows the kid to another school and and that's really it right so you can pull if you're if you're going to if you're if your son or daughter is attending a school and they're they're promoting sexual degeneracy and other lgbtqp stuff then you can pull your child out of the school and move them to another one um the bill reads like nonsense in my opinion um you can already do this kid parents are already able to withdraw their children from schools they're already able to move them to another school and the way these schools as far as i know get paid out is is based on attendance so the money will naturally follow the child anyway um this seems like another case of a bill being pushed out that kind of gives really good press right on the right and doesn't really do much but at the same time appeases um the the, the republican wing right and uh, you've got a massive problem with with degeneracy in schools you've got austin schools hosting drag queen happy hours or story hours for kids you've got massively degenerate sexualized books being um being available for students in schools and um it doesn't seem like anybody really right now is taking that too seriously it sounds a little bit like he's trying to disguise a school choice law as an anti-child grooming law and i'm all for school choice whether it's a voucher system or something else move you know it's a, 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 a investing in the student instead of investing in the institution i'm all for that but can we have a law in texas that just says you can't show porno to kids that are prepubescent and, and have us all agree yeah you know a six-year-old doesn't need to look at a, a gay pornography comic book like that doesn't seem like such a controversial opinion is it yeah, and, and furthermore, like this bill doesn't do anything to punish the school who's actually doing this sort of behavior, right? So it's basically just like if you don't like the grooming that's happening in your school, just retreat. It doesn't actually tell the school, hey, stop doing this or hey, you shouldn't be teaching this or any sort of punishment or negative impact on the teachers or the, the, the lessons plan that, that are being taught, right? It's just basically like <laughs> just run away. Just retreat, retreat to another school. And, 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 and that's, that's really not – in Texas, that's really not the kind of stance we want to take. We want to put our foot down and say this is the kind of stuff that maybe will pass in California, but it doesn't pass here in Texas. Tony, how old are you? I am 36. Okay, so you're a little younger than me. You're a millennial. I'm a millennial. Most of the guests I have on the show, this is an AM talk station, but a lot of my guests seem to be Gen Xers, millennials, you know, people that are a little younger than your average right, right-wing right talk show host guest list would normally be. Tomorrow on the show, I have 80-year-old State Senator Bob Hall of T- District 2. He wants to talk about those Chinese weather balloons and whether or not that was some kind of test from China to see if they could pull off an electromagnetic pulse attack. I'm curious if you have any questions you want me to ask him related to that or Schwartner or anything else for that matter. Well, I guess the the question would be, you know, you know, Bob Hall's and he's a great guy. I, I love Bob Hall, but um, I, I think, you know, the 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 Republican right and conservative families here in Texas are just getting really fed up with this, what's happening in our schools. The the stuff going on with the Chinese is so important, right, and, 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 and important for our national security. But um, what's, re- what's really going to create the future you know, generation of our of kids and, and, and our country is really what's happening in our schools. And what's so important is, is that, right? We need to really solidify the strength in our schools and get this grooming stuff out of there, right? Um, this, this, this stuff with China, right, the, the banning of them, uh, of foreign countries being able to purchase 
land in our country, it, it's good, right? And and being being aware of and being concerned about these these Chinese balloons and the potential stealing of our information, the theft of our information is important. But it, it almost it almost feels like a distraction for like the major issues that are really affecting Texas families, and that is the grooming that's happening in our school in our public schools. Yeah, I can't imagine a balloon would ever be a threat to national security in a state with billions of privately owned firearms. But, hey, I digress. I'm Kenny Webster. That's my good buddy, Tony Ortiz. Follow him on Twitter. Find his work at CurrentRevolt.com. Subscribe to his Substack. You'll be glad you did. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Pursuit of Happiness Radio. You are now in tune to the sound. The Navy flyover after the national anthem featured all female pilots, all women. That's because all the men pilots were busy doing the important work of shooting down Chinese spy balloons. But I digress. Hi, welcome back, everybody. Kenny Webster here. We got a lot of things we're proud of on this radio show. Uh, We play more Wu-Tang Clan than any other right-wing talk show in America. That's a fact. We're very proud of that. It's true. And then also we uh, we play your voicemails on this show. We're going to do some right now. If you've never left me a voicemail before, what are you waiting for? Download the iHeartRadio app and install it onto your phone. And while you're listening to the app, you know, you're listening to this radio show or our morning show, there's a little button that says talk back. When you push that, it allows you to leave me a 30-second recording. And then instead of calling the show and sitting on hold, you, you could just do what this person did. Okay. Uh, That person did not realize they were leaving a voicemail. I should probably point out, I've not listened to these voicemails before I played them. Please don't swear in the voicemails because I, I, you know, that would keep us from getting into trouble. Here's another voicemail. Hopefully somebody talks in one of these. See, this is maybe proof that I should probably listen to them before I play them, but I don't. Let's try third time's a charm. Can I get a mulligan for my mulligan? Hey, Ken, you're a full retard. I do agree with most of your items, but uh, I'm a good old boy from southeast Texas, Kurnas, uh, Italian. So if you need some catering, let me know what's up. Love you, guy. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks. I appreciate you. But it sounded like a bunch of compliments, but what was the first thing he said? Hey, Ken, you're a full retard. I'm sorry. Is that Did he just say what I think he said? <laughs> yeah, maybe I should listen to these before I play them, but I never learn, my friends. Take advantage of my uh, of my recklessness. Hello, this is Craig from Magnolia. Sounds like Brandon needs his scotch because he still sounds grumpy. Yep, that's probably true about that. Thank you for that. Thank you for the voicemail message, my brother. Hey, Kenny. Bo here from West Texas. Hey, Bo. Brandon is right. We don't have all the facts. You know, if he's 100 yards away and the guy shot him, you know, that's different. It's compared to if the guy's right there up front trying to attack him. Okay. All right. My two cents. Everybody else got some. Love you. Love the show. Thank Thanks, you. man. Hey, man, I love you, too. I appreciate you. For those that are wondering what we're reacting to, maybe I should have explained it. On Friday, Brandon Darby called into the show, and Brandon is something of a wild card. He doesn't always agree with conservatives. And right now, conservatives are pretty upset because there's a rancher at our border, uh, Arizona, I think, who was arrested for shooting an illegal immigrant. And this illegal immigrant has been deported many, many times. And Arizona is a castle doctrine state. It's a, you know, it's a stand your ground state after all. But 
Brandon pointed out on the show that the fact that they've pressed charges against this rancher might be uh, might might point fingers in the direction of the fact that maybe this wasn't a situation of self defense. Maybe he just recklessly murdered somebody in cold blood. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. Nobody does. So. Um, Brandon made the point on the show on Friday that he's grateful that conservatives finally care about criminal rights in this country. And uh, with that, we got some angry responses. But as you can see, there were at least a couple people that agreed with him. Steve, hey, Kenny, what are y'all doing on the radio? You're supposed to be at work right now. Oh, um, well, that was a voicemail message left this morning. No, it's true. Yeah, I know. We we <laughs> talking. Apparently, this is what we get paid to do for a living. I know. I can't believe it either. About that whole black national anthem. Uh, I remember there was a time where uh, another part of the country decided to have its own national anthem. Uh oh. And I don't believe it worked out too well for them. No. Anyway, this is Daniel from Houston. Thank Love you, Daniel. Show, Appreciate you, Daniel. Daniel left an interesting voicemail because he's reacting to the national anthem, the black national anthem that was played at the beginning of the Super Bowl. Now, apparently it goes in this order. It goes uh, black national anthem. That comes first, of course. Of course it does. And then the right after the black national anthem was the babyface performed um, uh, God Bless America. Or so, and, then, and then the national anthem, the actual national anthem. Um, America the Beautiful, then God Bless America. I, I'm sorry. And then the Star Spangled Banner. I'm sorry. You know you know what I meant. The National Anthem. You know what the National Anthem is. I don't get why the Black National Anthem has to come first. That part of it, I, I do not understand why the Black National Anthem is first. And I'm not really sure what good it's doing. All it's doing, it does two things. It encourages people that hate our country to continue to hate the country. And then... Uh, racist people, it seems to really throw some gas on the fire that they're trying to burn because it gives them something to talk about. And I hate I hate when I agree with racist people, but racist people do have a good point, right? I, I mean, like the real racists. The Black National Anthem isn't uniting our country. It's dividing us. And maybe they like it for that reason, but I'm not really sure what good it's doing to the black community. And as that caller just pointed out, there was once a time when a bunch of people in the South wanted to start their own country. They had their own national anthem, and that was a very touchy subject. Kenny, Stephen, everyone else, it's Common Sense Bob. Hey, Bob. I was going to hold off, but your conversation about Lutherans and, and Episcopalians forced me to call in. There is a huge difference. As you said, Lutherans have Martin Luther. Episcopalians, they have Joe Piscopo. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. No, Common Sense Bob gets it. For those that do not know, I, Kenny Webster, a guy that's never hated anybody in his whole life, but loves America as a proud Christian nationalist, libertarian, populist, conservative, Republican, constitutionalist. I can't think of another word to throw in there needlessly and pointlessly, but as whatever it is that I am, I am disgusted by people that stand in solidarity with the, with the, with the king, with King George. Nothing bothers me more than King George. He was trying to oppress my ancestors. I hope you guys would agree with that. And it recently occurred to me, you know that Episcopalian church? Did you know that that's just an offshoot of the Church of England? That's what that is. The Church of England in the United States became the Episcopalians. And really, isn't that just a group of people that hates the colonies? I'm offended by them. Much like Canadians, these are people in North America that should have rejected the United Kingdom, King George, the King of England, and they didn't. You Episcopalians, you make me sick. You put the piss in Episcopalians. Let's hear another voicemail. Hey, Kenny. Paul from the Woodlands here. The big sports ball game happened over the weekend. 
I didn't watch. The NFL deserves no support for its response to the 2020 riots. They tried to make it white people friendly with Chris Stapleton performing the national anthem, but they included that divisive travesty, the black national anthem, and the halftime show was a bit much. Not all black people subscribe to this nonsense, of course. As I saw on a live feed over the weekend, Candace Owens was in town saying sensible things to sensible people at a Blexit conference. There's some hope. Cheers. I like Candace Owens. I think she makes a lot of great points. I don't always agree with anybody, but I often agree with her. And, you know, it's interesting, too. The Black National Anthem over the weekend uh, was performed, and then uh, Chris Stapleton was there. I'm sure you know which national anthem he probably sang, if you missed it. Y'all were talking about how women talk too much. Billy Gad better be happy he's got a woman that puts up with him. That goes for everybody, especially my old man. If we're not talking, you know you're in trouble. This is Gina. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Bye. Hey, you know, Gina, you just reminded me of something. Thank you, Gina. I love you. I love when she calls. Yesterday was the Super Bowl, and tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Now, I don't know if you realize it or not, but if you're as frugal as I am, as economical, you could combine these things together and save some money. This year, don't let your Super Bowl party leftovers go to waste. Turn them into a beautiful Valentine's Day surprise for your sweetheart. You know that cold buffalo wing dip still laying around? Use your hands and mold it into a heart shape. And then, for added romance, overlap two Funyuns in the middle to represent your infinite and salty bond. Looking for a sexy dress to wear? With a couple of strategic cuts, the losing team's jersey can give you that sexy, short, and flirty look you're searching for. Need a date? Come on, girl, you were just in a room with a bunch of drunken football guys. Pick one. It's the best way to have a happy Valentine's Leftovers Day. Can somebody pass the seven-layer dip macaroons? Oh, your, your wife doesn't love that idea? Imagine that. We could certainly slow the aging process if aging had to pass its way through slow-ass Congress. Take another vacation, why don't you? Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, we're back. Still a little more time for some talk radio delight this afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in. The show ain't over yet. Sometimes on this radio show, I think it's important for us to appreciate the finer things in life. Sometimes you look at a problem or a mistake that you're having with the wrong attitude. You don't realize that a negative is actually a positive. Like at all, Lena Hidalgo and how she's handled the elections in this town. You might think she's handled elections pretty poorly, but she got reelected, didn't she? Aha, that's right. Some of you might look at Lena Hidalgo and you think, well, like, what happened last year? First, she had her election czar. Didn't need to have an election czar, but she created the position. And her election czar came and went, Isabel Longoria, the uh, plus-side Libesian woman. And apparently, Isabel Longoria lost 10,000 ballots. But it wasn't enough to apologize for losing them. She actually blamed Republicans for making her work too hard. During the primaries last year, that was almost a year ago. Wow, time has flown. And then I eventually stepped down from that position in disgrace, but not without being the grand marshal of the Houston Gay Pride Parade. Of course, you were reward with somebody for losing all those ballots in a Democrat primary, mind you. So the fall comes around, and we have another election, this time the general election, the midterms, very big election, you know, arguably the second biggest election that happens every four years. Pretty big election. And some of you are probably mad at Lena Hidalgo and her new election czar because he he didn't have enough paper ballots at the polling locations. But what you don't realize is 
a shockingly large number of people every year die after being hit over the head with excess paper ballots. That didn't happen in Houston. Judge all you want, but do you see anybody at the hospital suffering from a concussion after being hit on the head from an avalanche of paper ballots falling on top of them? We didn't have any tragedies like that in Houston, didn't we? So frankly, it really is a miracle. And thank God Lena Hidalgo got reelected. Yes, I know. Some people think she's unqualified. She flew off to Thailand after the New Year's when she said she'd be in Colombia visiting her grandpa. And some people are suspicious of that. That's only because you're racist and bigoted and transphobic. Here to tell us more great things about Lena Hidalgo and some news involving the Texas Comptroller today is Holly Hansen of The Texan News. Holly, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being amazing and 10 being extra fantastic, how amazing and extra fantastic? is Lena Hidalgo today? I, you know, I, I'm not one to rate politicians, mm. uh, but that's that's kind of a fun scale. I Fine, like a it, million. You know? Go ahead. A million is your answer. <laughs> I know. A million. There yes. you go. Super fantastic. Now, we had news last Friday that the Comptroller's Office has issued a determination, and this is legally binding under state law against defunding the police, and uh, they have determined that Harris County defunded at least one precinct uh, constable's office during their uh, it uh, going forward with the uh, 2023 budget and it's a little bit confusing because what Harris County did is they shifted in 2022 from uh, the the dates that they determined their budget so what they had is a short fiscal year budget that was only seven months long and then for 2023 they adopted a 12-month budget and they you know pointed to the numbers and said look we're, we're giving increases to all of the uh, law enforcement offices. But uh, Constable Ted Heap of Precinct 5 filed a complaint with the governor's criminal justice office, and uh, they referred that complaint to the comptroller, which is what's supposed to happen under state law. Comptroller's office did an analysis where they basically took that seven-month budget and divided it by seven to come up with the monthly average or monthly amount, and then they multiplied it out to a 12-month budget, and uh, according to the to the comptroller, who I spoke to last Friday, it's really pretty simple math, and it shows that uh, Harris County defunded uh, Constable Precinct 5's office by about $2.3 million, or a little more than $2.3 million, I should say. Uh, so... Under that determination, Harris County is now bound by Senate Bill 23, the defund the police bill that passed uh, in the 2021 session. And uh, what they have to do now is they either have to get voters to approve the de defunding of this office or they are not allowed to adopt a tax rate that's above what we call the no new revenue rate, which more or less means they can't raise taxes on, on uh, Harris County residents until this is rectified. Um, I just got news this morning that Harris County has scheduled a special meeting this week. It looks like they will be filing a lawsuit to, uh, to argue against this uh, determination. But uh, if you take the comptroller's approach, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an, an analyst, but it seems pretty simple. If you take that approach and look at the other law enforcement agencies in Harris County, you'll see that all of them had their budgets reduced by some amount, according to this, this formula. And the sheriff's office also had a, a decline of about $25 million year over year. So, uh, you know, this is, this is interesting news, especially in relation to some of the controversy we see coming out of the Harris County Jail, because part of that uh, um, 
deduction in the funds available to the to the sheriff's department include about twelve million dollars that were for the what we call the detention uh, department or you know detention officers and so forth. So yes, very interesting. And you know the the comptroller said it's you know it's really very simple. And he said, you know, Judge Lena Hidalgo and the Harris County Commissioner's Court are defunding the police. Okay, look, I've got, I didn't realize this was going to be right-wing propaganda hour, Holly Hansen, but <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's my job to fact check you here. Last year, Alex Mueller accused Lena Hidalgo of defunding the police, and Lena Hidalgo pointed out that just simply isn't true. We're not defunding the police. Look at all the new plants we just uh, planted, trees all over the city. Apparently, there's no shortage of new trees crop. Up, uh, isn't that an example of law enforcement spending? Well, you know, according to the way it's analyzed by the comptroller's office in the state of Texas, no, the uh, you know, there's some interesting programs that Harris County commissioners have approved. You know, the the fighting crime through environmental design. That's your planting trees and sidewalks and such, which are, are very nice things to be sure. But uh, they're not allowed to take any money away from their law enforcement agencies. And so, for Precinct Five, uh, what the comptroller says is that in that short fiscal year. Year, the uh, annualized budget was about 48 million, and uh, in the fiscal year 2023 adopted budget, it's a little over 46 million. So uh, you know they're showing a decline there. I would like to note too, there's been some uh, you know a lot of discussion about the um, what we call the rollover funds, and uh, people were wondering, you know, does this account for those rollover funds? And this analysis does not even touch the rollover funds. It's only on the year-over-year budget. Okay, so I'm just going to get out in front of this one here and point out that Lena Hidalgo's defense of this has already contradicted itself, and here's why I say that. Lena Hidalgo is making the argument here that they didn't defund the cops. She's made this argument over and over again. But I vividly remember last October when Lena Hidalgo said that defunding the law enforcement happened. Law enforcement budget cuts happened because Cagle and Ramsey weren't making quorum and attending Harris County Commissioner's Court. So according to her own previous talking points, and I know that's, you know, these are two different incidents because the thing that the Texas Comptroller is talking about happened in 2021, not 2022. Lena Hidalgo has already admitted that there have been law enforcement cuts in Harris County Commissioner's Court. They're just not the law enforcement cuts that are being highlighted here by the Texas Comptroller. How is she going to make that argument this week when she has this special session that that no cuts happened when she already told us in her own words that they did? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because part of the the point of contention um, between the Republican commissioners and Lena Hidalgo and the Democrat commissioners is that uh, I, think, I believe it was Tom Ramsey said, yes, we'll, we'll go ahead and vote for a, a compromise bill. And Cagle, I believe, did this as well, as long as we're adding these funds to law enforcement. And, uh, you know, they they couldn't come to an agreement about, you know, making sure that the law enforcement agencies in Harris County had what uh, Ramsey and Cagle would have considered more adequate funding. Um, you know, so, yeah, it, I, I don't know. But now they're in the position where they cannot raise taxes. And, uh, of course, they're they're blaming the Republicans uh, for boycotting those meetings that, that prevented a tax increase. But the, the comptroller mentions that in his determination as well. 
um, you know, the point it basically for this last uh, budget cycle is moot as far as prohibiting because they did they were not able to raise taxes. But coming up next fall, unless this gets rectified, um, they they will be frozen at that no new revenue rate. Now. I will note, too, that when the comptroller warned that this could be the case last August, the county filed suit at that time. And I believe I recall uh, Commissioner Ellis, a Democrat on commissioner's court, saying that, you know, they wanted to sue because they want to actually challenge this law. So, you know, my guess, just best guess, is that during this meeting, the special meeting this week, they will go ahead and file a lawsuit. And uh, I don't know if they'll challenge the determination or maybe challenging the law as a whole. But uh, we'll certainly be watching that at the Texan News. All right. Well, now that we've gotten that uncomfortable conversation out of the way, let's get down to business. Which vegan restaurants does Lena Hidalgo enjoy the most this week? And what will she be telling Houston Chronicle food reviewers about? Uh, I I have no idea. Do we have vegan restaurants in Houston? Um, apparently I, we do, but only we only put them there to make sure that the people that are visiting town belong here. Because if they eat at those restaurants, we send them straight to Guantanamo Bay. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I don't make the rules. That is the Holly Hansen. Find her at thetexan.news and never pronounce it the. The word is the. To the rest of you, I love you all. Have a great afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Ooh, uh, you are listening to the pursuit of happiness radio. Tell the government to kiss your ass. When you listen to the show See, it's a vegan tapas bar And Lena says it's the bee's knees